This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello everybody, it's Sai. Hope you are all well. Just wanted to jump on here quickly and explain what we're going to be doing this week with regards to chain wrestling. There is no chain wrestling live on Monday night due to some personal issues. It's just a case of real life getting in the way. So there's going to be no chain wrestling live on Monday night, which then of course means that the podcast stroke audio version won't be out on the Wednesday either because there is no new chain wrestling live for me to edit to turn into a podcast and put out for those who listen to the podcast version later in the week however to make sure you do still get your slice of chain wrestling goodness from magsy and i we thought we'd check out a few things that radio techers have never had before way back when when chain wrestling first started back in the audio only days before we went live and before the podcast was released on techers we were with another network called visionaries global media who are a great set of guys, a f- fantastic group of people down there. Um, some of my other shows are, are still coming out via Visionaries. Magsy has stuff coming out via Visionaries. A great set of fellas, great set of lads. However, with regards to there being no chain wrestling this week, Magsy and I wanted to take the opportunity to potentially, uh, I suppose, jump in our way back when machines. Inspired very much by a member of the CWF, Uh, sending me a DM on Twitter asking if they could have links to the first couple of episodes of Chain Wrestling, which are no longer available on the old interwebs anymore. They've kind of uh, got to that stage where it's over a year old, so the network starts removing them and so on. But I've got all the episodes saved and tucked away somewhere at home. So I I sent this individual the links, and he's very grateful, and he's listening back, and he said he enjoyed this, and he enjoyed that, so on and so forth. And it kind of got me thinking that, well, okay, if we've got nothing original this week for you because of real life getting in the way, then how's about for those of you who have only discovered the show since we've joined Techers and gone live, how about we go way, way, way back when and you check out the very early, very ropey, very dodgy, very poorly produced original chain wrestling episodes and you can all have a giggle at our expense and see where the chain first began. So that's what's going to happen this week. I plan on releasing uh, from episode one onwards, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. So you're probably going to get four or five episodes from us this week, one each day. The first four or five episodes of Chain Wrestling as they came out way back when, when we first started. I mean, we're on episode I think it's episode 67 or 68 now, so it's quite a way back. You can see how the show started, how it developed from just a wrestling show to us talking nonsense as well, uh, and so on. And I hope that everyone enjoys listening back. I hope everyone can sort of take what we're doing with a pinch of salt, because I was very, very unsure of what I was doing. And without Magsy there to guide me, it would have been a lot worse than it is. And it's ropey as hell, (laughs) as it is now, to be fair. But yeah, so there we go. That's the plan for this week. And Magsy and I will be back with you next Monday with Chain Wrestling Live, brand new episode, and also 
a brand new episode of the podcast version as well. I hope you enjoy this little trip back down memory lane. Look out for all the links to the shows, old and new, on our social medias, at chain underscore wrestling. Pretty much everywhere you can expect to find us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc, etc, etc. Chuck us a follow on there, get involved, and let us know what you think about these old, dusty old episodes that were, you know, dragging out of a, a back cupboard on the internet for you all to check out this week. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll get on now with Chain Wrestling, episodes 1, 2, 3, etc., whichever day it is you happen to have pressed play. Thank you for listening. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last. But bad guys do. We could have been anything that we wanted to be. But don't it make your heart glad that we decided we take pride in we became the best at being bad. We could have been anything that we wanted to be. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening. This is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai. I am Sai, and again, I'm overjoyed because with me, as always, is the Burt Reynolds to my Donnie Wahlberg, the bad guy <laughs> to my heartbreak kid, Mr. Magsy Mags himself, the podfather. Sir, how are we? Wow. Wow. The the, the intros just get they're getting better and better. Like the matches we're getting to watch. It's uh <laughs> it's just getting more and more um fun uh doing the show. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that my pick won. I mean I th- I think we both wanted it to win to be fair. Yes. Uh and we got to watch uh, one of the all time classic matches in uh WWF history. We did, mate, we did. But I mean before we get to, to that, how's your week been? Has everything been good? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been really, really good. Uh, just getting prepared for Christmas uh, the last few days, getting the last bits in. A bit disappointed that my uh, shopping delivery is not going to include my uh, Christmas pudding, uh, which is uh, a bit uh, wounded. But, yeah, unfortunately, that that's what happens. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. We're um, still sorting out all our bits and bobs here. I'm very fortunate in that the wife just sort of just goes and does it. I just got to kind of hand the money over <laughs> I, i'm no good in the shopping environment mate <laughs> i mean there's only me in that in the whole house who even likes christmas pudding anyway so there's only me who has to suffer everybody else has got their sorted but yeah i'm just disappointed but it's the covid laugh uh i dare say this time next year you won't be able to get fresh fruit and vegetables so uh, these <laughs> small mercies i suppose yeah that's it mate that's it i suppose Oh, okay. Well, like you said, you uh, you mentioned your pick one last week out of the selections, which is great. We're going back to WrestleMania 10, which was March the 20th, 1994, to look at 
the first sort of real big televised ladder match of all time, mm-hmm. I think, wasn't it? Between yeah. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and Shawn Michaels at Madison Square Garden. I, th- um, I think they, they tried one a little bit earlier uh, in the year in, in like house shows with, uh, with uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, but yeah. this was the real kind of a big first like pay-per-view ladder match for, for the WWF. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was very much sort of bought to the company by Brett because they used to do mm-hmm. this sort of thing in... Is it Stampede Wrestling was his yeah. dad's company? Is that right? Yeah, they used to do that sort of thing there, didn't they? So, um, And it, I think you can find it even on YouTube on the network, the, the one that Brett and Sean had at house shows. Uh, yeah. I've never actually seen that, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's a lot of like this one, but uh, you can tell that that Sean and Razor wanted to kind of put their own mark on it, so they, they just kind of turned the dial up to, to, to 11. Yeah, yeah. And they were, I suppose this is sort of click time, isn't it, with mm-hmm. Diesel and Razor and the one, two, three kid and so on. Things got yeah. a lot worse during 95 and then into 96 as well, but yeah, this is when they were very much sort of wanting to just work with their mates and causing a few issues backstage. And we had... <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and little sulky boo-boo pants, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> um, <laughs> sulky boo-boo pants who failed uh, the, the the wellness tests and, uh, and got suspended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's we'll, we'll get into that now, I guess. I mean, that's how this this whole, this whole scenario came around. I mean, there's two championships hanging from the roof in Madison Square Garden. And, and what a glorious kind of um, image that was. Uh, yeah. Just uh, the tiles back to back, uh, just the the best looking WF tile that there's ever been. Uh, it was just uh, an iconic uh, image when you saw the tile belts just swinging above the ring. I just I love that that uh, that image. Yeah, and that, that's my favourite IC title belt as well. That, that sort of blocky, sort of non- early nineties yeah. effort they have there. It's um, the it's the one the wife's got me for Christmas this year, so yes, yeah, I can't wait to I'm get that. Well, jealous. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks amazing. <laughs> but I mean, the, the we'll get into the storyline, um, the kayfabe reasons for this in a moment. But mm. the the, the non storyline, the reality, I guess, of the situation, like you said, was Sean failed a drugs test. Yep, which meant uh, that he was suspended. Um, However, he argued point blank that he hadn't, he failed it for steroids, but he argued point blank that he's never took steroids and even said that at that stage in his life, he was, he was actually overweight and not as fit as he could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sean at this time was, I think, made up 95% of chemicals. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, the fact that he's picking the one thing there that he's been caught out on to say, I've never, t-, and he's still to this day, as far as I know, it's in his book and so on as well. Yeah. Just deny he's taking steroids, and he, he admits to all the stuff he took, and said if, he, if I failed on that, not a problem. But on this occasion, he was fuming because he's saying that that's not the case. Yeah, and 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 that led him to kind of uh, almost holding the the RC title up to uh, uh, Taranto because the WF were looking to strip him uh, of the title, which is, is uh, what happened kayfabe story wise. But he uh, when he when his um, suspension was up, he he wanted to be still recognised as the RC champion because he felt like he he kind of uh, got the shitty end of the stick almost. Which mm. uh, knowing knowing WWF and knowing Vince, he saw money in that and saw the the opportunity for a storyline uh so he, he run with it and we got that 
kind of cocky, brash uh, Shawn Michaels coming back, claiming to be the uh, the the real champion and calling uh, Razor a phony champion, which led into uh, led into this story. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, when they contacted Shawn Michaels to say they want the belt back, he pretty much just told Vince and whoever else at the <laughs> WWF to go f themselves. Yeah, and um, said if you want the belt back, come and come and get it. I guess. Uh, and there was a lot of rumours flying around um, that the WWF had to go and get a, a new belt commissioned uh, for Razor, but uh, apparently they had uh, plenty of kind of spares uh, in case of uh, damages and, and in case of stuff like this where, where belts were being held up by, uh, by the, the, the talent. So, yeah, they didn't have to get one commissioned because they already had like a, a, a big backlog of them. Yeah, did you ever hear that? Actually, fun. that's reminding me then. Do you ever hear the story about Scott Hall giving the belt away? Giving the RC belt away? Yeah. Oh, I wish you'd <laughs> give st- it to me. Yeah, I'm me. I heard this story that he was doing, um, I'm 99% certain it was Scott Hall. If, if, if I'm incorrect or anything, please, fellas, you know, people listening, tweet the show, let me know. But the way I remember hearing this story is that Scott Hall was doing a, um, a meet, meeting a fan. It was one of these make-a-wish efforts, which the WWF do, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Apparently, certain guys would do this, and they would struggle seeing the kids who were poorly or perhaps didn't have didn't have long left, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and this one particular occasion, he ended up just giving this child the the intercontinental title, as in the real one that he had, not a replica, not 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 like now when they can buy them online and and so on. The one that he was, you know, he was carrying to the ring and so on. He gave him the title. And then walked out of wherever they were, the hospital, I'm assuming, and had to ring up Bruce Pritchard or Vince McMahon or whoever and basically say, yeah, I need a new belt. I'll just, I'll just give it away. Wow. And on this occasion, basically it was Bruce Pritchard on his podcast, I heard the story. And on this occasion, Pritchard said they had to actually pay for a new one to be made because they didn't have a backup on this occasion. So <laughs> they should just well, give, well, a, give well, it away. Well, story as well. Um, considering like the kind of reputation Scott Hall had in in the business of of, of being quite um, selfish, that's a, an amazing story. I really really like that story. And yeah, and, and if you compare it to now, where uh, a team wins a uh, a league in in the US and the WF just instantly sends them a, a like a replica title belt, it, it really means a lot more when when you're given the official belt. Uh, Oh, that's that's a, a really heartwarming story. That I'll go back and double check all the, all the all the facts and so on. But I, I think that's as as accurate as I can recall the story. I've not listened to that show or, or heard that story be told for a little while. But yeah, I'm I'm as sure as I can be that that was the that was the case. But yeah, I just remember, I just think it's quite funny. Can you imagine having to ring up um, Vince McMahon or whoever and explain? Yeah, that that really expensive championship title that I, I need on to have on television. I've I've just given it away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's not many wrestlers who would have the kind of swagger to be able to pull that off uh, to 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 Vince McMahon. So yeah, kudos to Scott Hall for that. If if that story is accurate, then wow, that guy's just really clammed up in in my estimations. Oh, I love the bad guy, mate. He's ace. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, a little sort of bit of uh, background, I guess, from this event as well. Um, WrestleMania 10 is one of those events similar to SummerSlam 89 and King of the Ring 93 that I had on the old Coliseum video or Silver Vision or whatever it was, the okay. cassette tapes that when I was a kid, I basically 
wore the tape out. I loved this show so much. And watching it back, um, I, I, I went to watch the ladder match back so we could uh, do this show today. I ended up watching more than just the ladder match. I sort of jumped around <laughs> the show. Just because, you know, there were so many bits in there that just reminded me of being, you know, a young kid sat cross-legged on the floor staring up at this what i thought at the time was a big television you look back now they, they weren't were they they were sort of big on the ass i suppose but i suppose not big screened but <laughs> just yeah, some of the moments it's very much it's very much 1994 in in a little snippet in a little time capsule this show isn't it absolutely and, and for me it's it's one of the kind of more underrated wrestlemanias uh, and i think that's because it gets so much props for for the opening match and for this ladder match that people kind of overlook um the 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 yokozuna and and brett match which uh, i thought told a really good story uh and i think the issue is that there's there's no kind of middle ground in this in this card it's either incredibly good matches or absolute dog shit matches there's no like there's no in between no three stars mm. it's all either one star or five stars <laughs> it's either absolutely storming like owen versus brett in the opener if you've not seen that <laughs> if anyone's not seen that opening match you've got to go and look at it it's absolutely super mm-hmm. or absolutely brilliant like the ladder match we're about to discuss now or there's some absolute garbage there's absolute dog dirt on there men on a mission <laughs> we're looking at you i mean there was even, there was even a match that got cut halfway through the show well uh, three quarters way through the show there was meant to be a 10 10 man tag team match so they did a a segment backstage i think it, it was cut for town concerns uh, but they did a, a segment backstage where the heel team were arguing with each other and, and the match kind of was thrown out because of that but uh yeah i mean that could have been a good match it probably wouldn't have been, but yeah, there were some there was some absolute gash on this this card. I mean, the earthquake versus Adam Bomb match. What was the point? Uh, the men on the mission <laughs> one, yeah, like that was horrific. I mean, even the uh, the the Alundra Blaze and Lalana K that could have been great if they'd have got the time, but they yeah, just, just never did. Three minutes that was, wasn't it? Real short sort of snippet at the time, I guess. Real short yeah. match they put on there. Um, the 10 man tag you're talking about you're you're saying that you know that that could have been rubbish anyway are you are you serious you've got jeff jarrett tagging with irs that's that's, that's, that's got got eight stars written all over it mate that's (laughs) yeah i mean it it could have been a banger uh very very unlikely to be but uh, i mean anytime you get rick martel jarrett the head shrinkers and irs on a team it's it's the potential is there for a for a Dave Meltzer five star match, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, the the tag match apparently got cut um, because this ladder match we're talking about now actually went long from what from mm-hmm. what I read, um, and Sean just in typical Sean just didn't care, and you know just the way he was back then, wasn't it? I guess. I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard that story before, but watching this back, I mean, this is a match that I've watched probably dozens of times, and I can't see where you'd cut time from it um, because funny. I think it's it's perfectly paced. Uh, I think if it had gone maybe uh, a couple of minutes um, longer, we may have been like, kind of getting to the stage where it was getting a little bit um, uh, boring, but... It, no, I, I don't see where you cut 
three or four minutes of this match out and and not ruin it because I think every kind of moment in the match is so well timed and, and well placed. It's it's close to being a, a perfect match for me. I absolutely love watching this match. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose looking at the show as a whole, we could have potentially done without the Bret Hart Yokozuna video package that seemed to go on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have maybe gone without Jim Cornette's promo alongside Yokozuna backstage. Oh, I'm mentioning Jim Cornette. That black and gold suit he was wearing. That is oh. I want one of those. Holy crap. That, that amazing. With the collars turned up as well, that was... He looked like... Uh, I, I could, you know, I can't even describe what it looked like, but it was it, it was almost like a, a Bret Hart style jacket, but gold and black instead of a uh, pink and black. It yeah. was just, it yeah. was gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's again very much of its time. The golden tennis racket cover as well. Um, Yoko Zuna, a great a great heel at this time as well. Fantastic. But you cut just all he ever did. This was an interview with Shite Bonsai, wasn't it? Over and over again, you know, which is just a little tree. (laughs) You you translate it. I mean, I don't know the exact translation. It means planted somehow, I think, but it's effectively just, you know, you got Cornet ranting on, we're going to destroy you, Bret Hart. Your brother has already took you. Your brother's already took you to the limit and we're going to destroy you. Yoko, what do you think, mate? And he just shouts little tree. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I suppose it may be the only Japanese they knew with him not actually being Japanese. No, uh, exactly. <laughs> so there is that. Uh, but that promo, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great promo by uh, Jim Cornette. Uh, I love the like, little wink to uh, realizing that uh, Brett had picked up a, uh, a leg injury. Uh, I think he mentioned that in the in the promo, uh, saying, "Oh, don't think we haven't noticed that leg injury." Uh, but yeah. That's, that's a running joke in my house, the Bret Hartlin, because whenever you see Bret, um, if he's worked more than once in a show, like Rumble 94, King of the Ring 93, or if he's trying to really sell as a babyface, you get the Bret Hartlin. doesn't matter if he, they've been working over his arm or his back or anything. Bret, Hart, <laughs> Bret Hart's limp comes out. <laughs> you, know? you go back and watch. You'd be amazed how often you see the Bret Hartlin. I'm going to really watch out for it now. <laughs> and one, one more sort of quick note before we actually move on to the, the match. Um, the show was opened by WCW's Johnny B. Bad singing the um, America the Beautiful, wow. which, I thought was, which I thought was a nice touch. You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suppose it is. Uh, I mean, I didn't even realise he had uh, good singing chops, but, but fair no, it's, play it's, to... Uh, uh, they got Little Richard there, aren't they? I'm, I'm winding yeah, you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, getting on to the match then, bud. Getting on to the match. I mean, we have... Sean come out first from the, the the sort of retracting sliding doors um and go through this very very narrow aisle way and go underneath mm. the no he goes round the ladder doesn't he he goes around it um yes. it, the, the the aisle kind of reminded me of the if you remember the the Royal Rumble where John Cena came back from injury uh, like six months earlier very short very tight uh, closed in um, same place wasn't it yeah. Was that like, it would not surprise me if, if yeah, it, that was Madison Square Garden as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, yeah. yes, it was because that same rumble they bought back Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snooker, mm-hmm. and they got huge pops being back in the garden. So, yeah, that would be the that, yeah, but you're right, it's it's a real it's it's a good visual, isn't it? Sort of looking down the aisle way from where the camera is, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one thing that stands out to me as, as they're coming to the ring is, is Shawn Michaels' wonderful hair. This is <laughs> this is Very, a guy. Font. Yeah, it's like a 
it's like a schizophrenic haircut, isn't it? He's, he's got he's got two personalities living in that style. Yeah. You know, he's got the front, and he looks like he could go he could go work in an office somewhere. Um, or, or, or a restaurant, and then you've got the back where you're thinking, okay, you could be the bass player in Poison or you know, <laughs> in Motley Crue or something, you know? He's got a proper mullet going on there, and yeah. it's wonderful. <laughs> it's, the, it's the old adage, adage of uh, business in the front, pie in the back. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, spot on, spot on. Um, after Sean's come down with Diesel behind him, he's sporting a, a, a an equally 80s, but not as impressive as Sean's mullet. Um, and uh, sorry. One one thing uh, before, just whilst we're on Diesel, I mean, he he doesn't play that much of a part in this in this show, but his sunglasses were horrific. Yeah. They, they kind of reminded me of Joey Janela style sunglasses, but like twenty years too early. Yeah, and you know that those are his own; those aren't part of his gimmick. He's, <laughs> he's wearing those when he's out and about. You know, he's he's the sort of bloke. I imagine that is what he's wearing with his. What do they used to call them? Zumbars, is it? The big baggy yeah. pants that he used to yeah. wear. You know, in his bum bag um, or fanny pack or, or whatever. And he would be wearing those glasses when he's popping to the shop to get a carton of milk or something. I know it, you know. <laughs> um, but Scott Hall follows them out, Razor Ramon. And I've just got another note here. Same as last week, I guess, when we saw the tag match that he was involved in with the NWO. Scott Hall is just so cool. The bad yeah. guy, the struts, the way he walks out, the, the music. The the going guy. under the ladder, going under the ladder for seven years. What bad a rebel, Max. Hey, what a yeah. rebel! It's just, no. just he had the swagger, didn't he? He just saw, he just oozed machismo, and he played this character to an absolute T. Yep, and you get Vince McMahon saying about, um, was it the gold dripping around his neck, and Jerry mm-hmm. Lawler making a comment about something dripping off his hair, which kind of tickled <laughs> me a little bit. <laughs> I didn't find Jerry Lawler as repulsive in, in this. No, he was, he was very muted in this. Mm. I think uh, you heard a lot more from, from Vince. Uh, maybe that was intentional, the fact that Vince, is he always felt like he was able to act more surprised than, than Jerry Lawler and kind of act really um, instill gravitas into uh, the wrestling spots. Uh, I, I felt that Vince's... Uh, commentary on this match it adds to it it really does add to it it really makes you like get into uh into the moment yeah i, I suppose you're helped there by you don't hear what a maneuver as often <laughs> that is very match. very true <laughs> and you don't get being a ladder match you don't get any near falls so you don't get one two he's won it no he hasn't uh, on every pinfall attempt that people will go for you know which is another vince mcmahon is my thing isn't it yeah, and, and with the fact that it's one of the earliest ladder matches and they're not um, they're not as kind of well-versed on how to script a ladder match uh, as they are uh, nowadays, um, I, I, you just feel that maybe Vince was kind of not... He, he, he didn't exactly know what was going to happen and, and just let the, the guys kind of work it out in between themselves and he reacted to it naturally almost. Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Sean's wearing typical early nineties Sean Michaels gear here, but I love this look—the white, the white tights with the red hearts on there. That sort of Heartbreak Kid logo. Um, yep. It reminds me of an action figure I had uh, of Sean Michaels when I was a kid in that gear, in that getup. So I'm, I'm always quite fond of, of that. Um, they start off the match actually wrestling, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, the only the only ladder is in the middle of the aisle, which uh, yeah, there's one ladder. Yeah, 
if you if you look at uh, ladder matches now, there's usually about fifty ladders knocking about, or there's f- at least five under the ring what they can they can pull out. But uh, yeah, they 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 left the ladder uh, down in the alpha a little bit and just thought, oh, we'll start off doing a little bit of wrestling, which is a pleasant change, I suppose, for a ladder match. Yeah, yeah, and there's you know hammerlock and a, a hammerlock counter and. And that choke slam, that yeah, choke slam from from Razor. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And he drops to his knees to do it, doesn't he? That's quite a quite. A, I think that's like a big show you should do it in WCW, wasn't it? For a while, he dropped mm-hmm. to his knees, and it looks quite dramatic. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Quite like that. yeah, yeah. That's right. I mean, it's it's interesting. I suppose it's very much of its time again. This match, because you look at how the ladder match via the TLCs and so on have developed since. To me this match is fantastic because it's two guys having a match and a ladder is involved. Mm-hmm. Whereas in later years, especially with some of the ladder matches we see now and TLC matches and, and so on, that's more of a, a match about a ladder. Whereas this is more of a match about two guys and a ladder is just there, I think. Yeah, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. And I think with uh, ladder matches nowadays, it's it's all about the kind of a, can we beat the ladder match that's come before us? Can we make like the? Can we have a, a bigger spot? Can we get a more kind of this is uh, awesome like holy shit moment? Where mm. because this was one of the very first ladder matches and nobody really knew uh, what what to expect. I think the when the ladder kit comes into play, it meant so much more. Uh, and yeah, I, I just think that this is such a trailblazer of a match that uh, that kind of like uh, led the path for, for the, the the kind of ladder matches. I mean, it's ironic we're coming off the back of TLC uh, uh, whilst recording this. This ladder match. If it didn't happen, we wouldn't have those kind of like uh, man sets with with TLC and and the kind of like huge high spots that we get now. Uh, so the, these guys, anyone who's ever interested in these kind of like um, these uh, big high spot matches, need to go back and look at this and and really see the genesis of uh, of how to use inanimate objects in in a match. Yeah, definitely. Everything they do makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's no crazy flips through a table just for the bloody sake of it or just to get a holy shit chant or whatever there is there is literally everything they do makes sense they're trying to win the match which mm-hmm. is the whole purpose of this isn't it i mean speaking of tlc there you say we just got off the back of it have you seen that show yet max uh i'm going to probably watch it tomorrow but I've, i know the results do you know what happens at the end where they uh they burn the fiend mate they're burning people alive on television <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably a, a dummy. I would, I would hope. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. Otherwise, there's like, video evidence of Randy murdering someone. Ah, dear. Okay. Um, shortly after, you know, we've had a bit of the wrestling, uh, um, starting the match off. Diesel actually gets thrown out by the referee, doesn't he? So he's he's picked up his paycheck for very minimal work that evening. Good luck to the fella. Yep. You know <laughs> that that's a. Uh, it's kind of like the telegraph for the ending, though, because uh, obviously when we get there, uh, if Diesel would have been at ringside, it would have made the match so much different because he would have been able to kind of like affect that ending. But yeah, he, uh, I think Razor got uh, got dumped out onto onto the floor, and Diesel uh, decked him with a clothesline. So uh, referee Earl Hebner ejected uh, Diesel from the ringside. Yep, and rightfully so. Get out, pal. We don't 
<laughs> uh, my course is, is just bumping all over the place. There's one 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 bump he takes where I think it's a, a clothesline uh, razor gives him, knocks him over the top rope, and he just goes absolutely flying. He's really sort of just flying all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, th- this for me was was pram selling um, Shawn Michaels. We've obviously seen him against Hogan where he oversells to the point of ridicule, uh, and then we've seen him against the likes of Vader where he doesn't sell at all and he's re- really like kind of making a mockery. I think this is the perfect balance. There's a there's a spot where uh, the ladder is leaning up in the corner and uh, Razor... Um, uh, Irish whips Sean into into the ladder, and he does his kind of over the the top rope uh, kind of move where he falls to the floor. But he does it using the ladder as kind of leverage, and I thought that was a a really really clever spot. Um, the way that the the both of these guys use the ladder, um, looking in twenty twenty as it, it's very basic. But imagine going back to that time and seeing this ladder being used as a weapon and all the kind of innovative ways that they used it. It was it was absolute magic. I mean, the the one of the most iconic images from WrestleMania Ten is, is the uh, is the the big splash from when uh, Shawn Michaels jumped off the top of the ladder. I mean, yeah. now now that's nothing. It's a nothing move. It, it wouldn't even garner a, a, a cheer from the crowd. But back then, the hang time he got and the, just the, the look of the, the picture is just absolutely amazing. There's another point where Shawn Michaels kind of uses the ladder uh, and then uh, in the, he stood in the, in, on the top rope. He leans on the ladder and uses his weight to push the ladder over and uh, onto uh, Razor Ramon. It's just... He kind of lands on his chest, doesn't he, with the ladder? Yeah. And, and then he does a roll out to, to stand up in the other in the other corner. It's just perfect use of a, in a, of the the ladder to to great effect and some amazing visuals. And yeah, it's, this is such a good match. I just can't sing its praises enough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even something as simple as Sean at one stage just throws the ladder at Razor. <laughs> yeah, he does, and, and he just, and just bounces it off him. Yeah, yeah it just absolutely and it looks. Brutal. It looks terrible. You know, obviously it would do. You got a bloody ladder in chucked at you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even things like where uh, Razor's trying to slide the ladder into the ring and show Michael's baseball slides the ladder, stuff yeah. like that. It just back then that was shocking because you saw Razor's head bouncing off the ladder and yeah, it was uh, just great, great visuals and it, it's 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 uh, no shock at all that this match is held with uh, so much reverberation. Mm, definitely. Um, maybe for me personally, not so great a visual. Uh, we basically saw the whole of the whole of the moon, shall we say? Um, Sean's on top, climbing up the ladder at one stage. Razor's grabbed his tights, and I suppose it's referred to occasionally as the Ric Flair spot, isn't it? Where you, you know you get a bit of a bit cheeky, shall we say, and a bit of butt comes out. Um, but this isn't just a bit of butt, is it? This, this is, is a whole arse. It's the whole damn thing. I don't know what was whiter, his tarts. Or his arse cheeks. It yeah. was literally the full thing. Out. I'm surprised we didn't see some uh, some uh, bollocks hanging down because it was just br- it was just brutal. But then he hit the 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 elbow drop off the ladder whilst his arse was out. Quality, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Quality. I mean, that's, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Again, this is a story that I've heard. But apparently, there was a, a young man called Dwayne who was sat at home watching this event, and he saw that elbow drop and thought, "I'm going to use that." And and this this bare bum elbow inspired the people's album 
Really? Wow. No, 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 not really. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if rocks at people's elbow instead of throwing the 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 elbow pad, he just whipped his ass out and <laughs> then drop an elbow? I don't think he would have gone over just as much. <laughs> raises his eyebrow and drops the bear burma elbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Um, yeah, I, I got a note here about the the splash off the ladder as well. To me, it. it even though it's there's there's no flip, there's no this, there's no that. It doesn't need it. That big splash off the top. I think, it, like you said, just looks incredible. <laughs> All the flash bulbs going off, that glorious mullet flowing behind him in the air. You know, it's it's just great stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It just it so so wasn't. It was the pace was perfect. They didn't rush anything, but when they when they needed to kind of get the crowd excited, they they picked up the pace. It was just such a great match. I absolutely loved it. And they were uh, a point where the ladder looked like it was almost going to collapse, and I was wondering if that ladder did break. Did they have a backup ladder in place because we couldn't see one around the arena? Oh. <laughs> so the, I mean that may be a really stroke of luck that they've had with that because that ladder did want to give up the ghost quite a few times. It was all twisted and, you know, it, it didn't look safe at all. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be uh, painting my roof on it, let's just no. say that. <laughs> um, there's another moment where Sean drop kicks the ladder, but it doesn't quite fall, which is surprising in a way because this ladder by this point is destroyed. Yeah. Um, so Razor has to kind of just take a bump off the ladder to to sort of not actually win the match early, I guess, <laughs> which which was quite fun. Um, Sean signals for the Razor's Edge at one stage, which was obviously Razor owns uh, Scott Hall's finisher, but couldn't quite get the guy up for it, so ends up just hitting a pile driver instead. Oh. And you could, if you if you uh, watch that uh, section in in slow mo, you can see where Razor's head was was very close to getting just cracked into the ring, and he makes a, a last second adjustment to to kind of like bend his head uh, uh, out of the way. Otherwise, we we could have been looking at a, a, a annoying heart Steve Austin kind of moment there because yeah. it was, uh, that was a brutal pal drama. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, I suppose he was expecting something else, but potentially I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think we get to the the part of the match that I think was. I, I still can't think of another ladder match in all the ones I've seen. All the TLC matches, ladder matches, Money in the Bank matches. Money in the Bank is a really good example, I suppose, because you've got so many people in it. Sometimes six, seven, eight, whatever people involved. Um, at some stage, everyone needs to be incapacitated for the winner to climb the ladder to get the to get the reward whether it's the title belt or a briefcase or whatever um this again just made absolute sense the psychology of this is brilliant michaels ends up tangled up in the ropes can't free himself so razor can climb the ladder and win the match it's just so simple but it's genius it's absolute genius and and that was like i said that was telegraphed with diesel uh being ejected from from ringside yes. because if he was allowed there he would have been able to help uh sean get free but knowing that that was coming up, obviously we've watching the match time and time again you can even see uh the way sean subtly puts his his leg in place knowing that it's going to get tied up and then when he gets his leg free uh he does the same thing with his arm but if you didn't know that that was happening and you didn't know that this was kind of like um, uh, kind of being set up, you would have think that it would absolutely uh, just got in, got entangled in the ropes. And it was brilliantly done and a brilliant way to, to end the ladder match. And like I said, 
incapacitate the the opponent so Razor could go and, and get the two towels. I am so surprised that that spot hasn't been used again because it works brilliantly. Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's like everything else here. It makes sense. There's no there's no unnecessary flip to the outside where six people are waiting to catch you. There's no silly setting up of ladders and tables and so on. And you're looking at it and you think, well, why are you doing that? If you've got time to do that, go and get the bloody belt or go and climb the ladder or whatever. Everything they do here has meaning. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to win the match. And surely that's the whole bloody point. Yeah, there's, there's no wasted movement. There's there's nothing in this match where you, I I could see it being cut and and not being a, a detriment to the match. Uh, to say this match goes nearly twenty minutes, it, I think it flies by. I absolutely mm. think that you, you could you 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 wouldn't realise that it'd be twenty minutes if you didn't if you didn't ordinarily know. Uh, great ending with uh, with uh, Razor at the top of the the ladder with uh, with two belts. Such a beautiful visual. Shawn Michaels able to free himself just a a, a second or two too late. Uh, yeah, this is it's stunning. It's a stunning match, and a lot of people would say that. The best intercontinental title match is uh, the um, Savage and Steamboat one from from WrestleMania three. And whilst technically that was a, an absolutely perfect match, I think this one holds more esteem for me, just because of of, of the way that it, it just looked perfect. It just they played a ladder match to perfection, and the kind of like the the trailblaze that they did with this match is is just. The significance of it can't be underestimated. I don't think. No, no. I think you're absolutely spot on, Max. I mean, you you sum it all up perfectly there, mate. So, um, as we have done with everything else we've watched so far, match-wise at least, I guess um, we give everything a little rating out of ten as we're sort of jumping back and forth through this this chain through this wrestling timeline. Um, out of ten, Max, what are you saying? Oof. Now I'm I am tempted to go whole hog and say uh, it's a ten, but I don't I don't want it to be classed as the perfect match. I want to at least have something that some hope that we can hopefully beat it. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to have to go with a nine. Yeah, I was thinking nine as well for those exact reasons. I think we, as much as I loved this as a kid, and as much as I watched it again and again and again. Um, and I still love watching the match. Now I rewatched it today just before we start recording. Absolutely fantastic! I love it. <laughs> um, I do know that at some stage we're going to see something that we might actually look at, and from from a technical standpoint, I think maybe that's a smidge better. I mean, it'll have to go some to beat this. It really will. But I think that those matches are out there. So I think I'm going to have to go with you, Mags, and agree. Nine out of ten, I think, is spot on. But what? I mean, that's the highest rating we've given one of our segments so far. So you know, uh, the bad guy. And the Heartbreak Kid, you know, even these many years later, take a bow because you deserve it. That yeah. was one hell of a performance. They've they've definitely set the bar high, uh, and yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take something phenomenal to to perhaps beat this. Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. Um, okay, before we uh, put forward our suggestions for the next link in the chain for our Twitter uh, Twitter vote Twitter poll. We've had quite a few interactions on Twitter this week, Max, mm-hmm. looking at options going forward. People giving us suggestions um, where to go next from this match. 
Um, we had Scott Robertson um, at Scott WWE F1 on Twitter suggesting we use Shawn Michaels as the link and go to the SummerSlam 2002 comeback match against Triple H. I mean, I, I love that match myself. It's, it's fantastic. Um, we have um, Bang Bang Podcast, Andy from the Bang Bang Podcast, suggesting a match that you actually thought about putting forward last week, didn't you? Um, with Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels and the silliness of, of that contest from SummerSlam what would that have been? 2005, I believe? Uh, yeah, 2005, something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's potentially could be a pick. Uh, I, I maybe don't want to bring that pick back up again so soon. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely one that I, I would like to, to revisit down the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have our good friend, Young Conrad. Uh, he suggested Michael's Jericho. At no Mercy 2008. I mean, that's mm. that's a great match. Well, I think that one gets overlooked quite a bit as well. That's something that people don't tend to yeah. don't tend to pick up on very much. Um, Matt Willis, our good friend, magnificent Matt Willis. Hello, Matt. Uh, he has suggested the title match you spoke about a few moments ago between Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. So actually using the Intercontinental Championship for the that, next link in our chain. That is a a, a great match. Uh, mm. It's tempting. It really, really is tempting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, UTT Rob has put forward <laughs> some. I've got to look this up. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm, It'll be some it. absolute random uh, like match that only about eight people have ever watched. <laughs> I love uh, Rob. Kendo Nagasaki versus <laughs> Disco Golden Record Ladder Match. Apparently, and he describes it as an acid trip. So I'm going to have to look that one up, I think, and have a little watch of that at some stage. That sounds, that sounds great. Um, but yeah, thank you so much to everyone who, who's got in contact with the show. I really, really appreciate it, and I'm sure Max oh, does yeah. as well. Absolutely. Um, it's great getting the feedback because um, the matches that they put forward, you, I mean, I go into, into recording the show with my picks pretty much set, but then you look at some of the, the, the Twitter and you think, oh, what, you know, that could be a, a really good fit, and they kind of like influence you uh, in making your pick so yeah I, I love the interaction yeah definitely and it's great as well that I think that people vote to decide where we're going next uh, and it's almost like you know we're here watching these matches I hope people who are listening and voting are watching the matches along with us following the chain along with us as well <laughs> yeah. um, okay then mate so with all those suggestions um, uh, and other ideas and plenty of options really you've got Wrestlemania you've got the IC title you've got that Madison Square Garden venue Razor Ramon all these options where would you like to go next what is your suggestion for the next link in the chain okay so my suggestion has actually two links to this match or two okay. at, least, at least two first of all it's the Intercontinental title right and then second of all it's uh, this is WrestleMania ten, the a decade of uh, the the showcase of the Immortals, the 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 tenth um, edition of the biggest show in in wrestling, uh, and then there's another company who uh, who puts arguably on uh, as good a show every single year um, called Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. Uh, so at Wrestle Kingdom ten. There was a an intercontinental match 
but it wasn't for the WF uh, Intercontinental title. Obviously, it was for the RWGP Intercontinental title. And it's a feud that got revisited recently in uh, in WWE, but it just didn't live up to uh, the the kind of bar that they set in uh, in New Japan. So I'm going to go with the uh, the RWGP Intercontinental title match from Wrestle Kingdom 10 between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you what, I watched that but a very long time ago. I watched that whole show like mm-hmm. years after it had happened, but a good year or so since, you know, has passed and I remember that being an absolute stormer. That could well, that this was pretty much the last big match for for both these guys in uh, in New Japan. Uh, AJ obviously debuted at that year's Royal Rumble, um, and then um, uh, Nakamura ended up in in NXT. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was an absolutely phenomenal match. Uh, a real story behind it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to to deep dive into that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a fantastic pick. My mind didn't even go there. That is an absolute, that's a brilliant. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the joy of this show. You can really get like some tenuous links and and pull out an absolute gold star match of a uh, out of the bag. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, um, my pick I will put up against that. Then um, we've got a couple of links here, I suppose. I mean, WrestleMania and so on. Um, obviously, Shawn Michaels is is in this match here. Um, Shawn Michaels, once upon a time, was in a tag team called the Rockers. Uh, the Rockers wrestled on the opening match of WrestleMania Seven. So, guess what, Mags? We're going to go and watch Hulk Hogan save the world against Sergeant. Sl- no, we're not. We're not. <laughs> we're not. Wow. We're not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> well, I will one day, maybe. <laughs> um, my real pick then is. More the circumstances and the visuals that we have seen for this match linking to where I'd like to go next. Um, The whole champion takes the belt home, departs away, off he goes. A new champion is crowned via a tournament or a battle royal in this scenario. And then the old champion comes back with his belt and you end up with champion versus champion. Um, facing off to decide who the real undisputed champion is um, I'd like to go and I'll take a look at one of my favourite matches of all time um, from Money in the Bank 2011 and see CM Punk versus John Cena with that huge, incredible noisy atmosphere backing Punk um, all the way, uh, an insane crowd atmosphere, a, a brilliant story leading into the match um, I'd very much like to take the whole champion goes home and then you have the, uh, uh, you, the, you've got the two titles and the two champions going up against each other to decide who the real champion is as my link, um, as stretched as it possibly could be, and, and go to Cena versus Punk from Chicago at Money in the Bank. That is that what a hard pick for for the listeners to yes to pick between those two matches uh i'll be absolutely pleased with any of them because uh i think the uh money in the bank 2011 is one of the best um pay-per-views that WWE put on in in a decade so yeah it'll be it'll be absolutely 
amazing to watch either of those matches and, and talk about them next time. So, yeah, good luck picking one of those because uh, can you vote both? Can we not just vote both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shall I put a third third up saying watch both? <laughs> yeah, all of the above. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, very quickly, Max, you don't do Facebook, do you? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, as I give out the links for the show now then, just so you're aware, we have got a Facebook. I set it up today. We've oh, got man. A huge following on there, as you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if you are on Facebook, search the show up, uh, Chain Wrestling. You, you're going to see a few pictures of um, the matches we're discussing and the topics um, that we are looking at each week. The votes will always still take place on Twitter, though. The vote and the poll will always still take place on Twitter. Um, and you can find us at Chain underscore Wrestling on twitter that's at chain underscore wrestling that's where you'll find the polls you can give us your suggestions where to go next um and, and vote to see where we go from here um mags where are you okay i'm in my uh game room recording a podcast fantastic Captain <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> no you can follow me on twitter at daj kerber um I have way too many podcasts that uh, that any one man should ever have, uh, but it's always a fun time. Um, one thing I would like to say is, uh, and we mentioned it last week, but uh, the the Chops Kicks and Near Falls Awards are, are still um, still going on. So uh, if you've got a if you've got the inclination, go and give a go and give Chain Wrestling a vote, and uh, hopefully we can uh, pick an, up an award or two. I believe for Podcaster of the Year, it's uh, between um, me and your good self, Simon. So a little bit of a war going on between us yeah, two. Mate, I saw that. I saw that Podcaster of the Year is between mainly me and you at the moment, with a few days left of the vote. Amazing. Um, and then duo of the year, me and you, um, we're, we're doing quite well in that vote as well. So it's an awkward one, isn't it? Because, you know, we've got duo of the year where we're effectively a tag team. We're working together. And then we've got... Who's going to be the Markles and who's going to be the Ginetta? Who's yeah. going to go on to be a multi-time world champion and who's going to go to kill someone behind uh, a bowling alley and chuck them in a river? <laughs> one of these is going to happen and it all relies on your vote. That's right. That's right. So, um, <laughs> so yes, chops, kicks, and near falls. You'll you'll find it uh, again on Twitter. Uh, I believe they have a Facebook as well. Uh, if you follow, if you follow the Chain Wrestling Show, or you follow myself um, at SJP Words, or the Chain Wrestling Show, as I said, at Chain Underscore Wrestling, or you, you follow Mags as well, um, we will be retweeting the links for these votes. It literally takes a minute to jump on there and vote. You don't need to put any information in. They don't require you to sign up for anything. They've, the wonderful people at Chops, Kicks and Near Falls have made it so easy for you to vote. And Mags and I would both definitely really appreciate your votes for this little chain wrestling project we've got going on that we're enjoying doing, and I hope you're enjoying Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, then, mate. So, there we go. Um, thank you very much again, Mags, and I guess I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Yep, same to you. Bye-bye. Cheers to that.